welcome to season three, episode eight of the Big at the Back podcast. We're back. It's international break time. Matt, how are you feeling? Not too bad. Just a shame that it is an international break already. They just sort of creep up on you. Like, I mean, four games in, it's far too early for an international break, but I don't know why I'm surprised it happens every year. Uh, other than that, not too bad. Cricket, lost at the weekend, didn't get promoted, so that was disappointing, but still got very battered afterwards, so it could have been worse. Um, but yeah, not too bad. How are you? I'm good. It means you've got a chance of promotion next season, at least. Look on the positive side, like you wouldn't, you would have been fighting well for relegation in the higher league. Well, that is that is definitely the silver lining. Much like Manchester United, you know your level. <laughs> So let's get into the podcast. We're I thought you were going to say much like Man United have got a team full of rapists and wife beaters. But... <laughs> we're going there. Okay. <laughs> Five seconds in, guys. We're going there. So, so this is an FPL podcast, so we should start by talking about our FPL team. But just before we do that, let's give a bit of an announcement because today is a very, very special week for the Big at the Back podcast. What are we doing today, Matthew Higgins? I thought there was something else that you were like going on about then. I thought that was like, I don't know, is it someone's birthday or I don't know, did you lose your virginity? Like, I, no, I don't know. No, definitely <laughs> not on that front. Um, but yeah, we are doing a, an FPL classic uh, buy, sell, hold. So we'll be looking through uh, the main assets and teams and what we think we should be doing um, after the, the four weeks that we've had so far, where I feel like we have learned quite a lot and there's been a few surprises as well. So um, no, none more surprising than West Ham being in a Champions League place. Not doing badly, are they? Doing very, very well. Um, just to let you know, I was joking about the virginity thing. I mean, I went to a Catholic school, so... <laughs> We can leave oh. that where it is. Two <laughs> okay. minutes, 19. Can we get lower every minute? Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, buy, sell, holes. So who? what players are we going to buy in FPL? What players are we saying goodbye, get rid of in FPL? And what players are we going to hold? Perhaps hold a little bit too tightly, like Anthony did, for instance. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wow. This might already be our most derogatory podcast. We've... You called this. You're the one that started this. Now you've got to see it through. So uh, That's fair. I can't even deny that. <laughs> Let's jump into our teams before we descend into madness. So go on. How did you do for the week? Bang average. Literally bang on the average of 72. Didn't take any hits. Um, so I didn't take any transfers at all, actually. So I rolled over a transfer... That I'm going to hold for after the international break and then maybe take a hit then. So um, for once, I chose the right keeper, but it didn't really make any difference because Ariola got two points and Pickford got one, but uh, Pickford did score an own goal, which was pretty funny. Um, the defence letting us down this week, really. Uh, White two, Stupion two, Saliba two and Chilwell one. Very disappointing that Chelsea failed to keep a clean sheet at home to Nottingham Forest. The midfield was slightly better. Uh, Rashford with seven, Saka with four, Diaz with three, and Bama with eight, and Richarlison. Fuck me, Richarlison, mate. Um, speaking of sell, see you later. Um, uh, and then, of course, Captain Haaland up front. So that that was uh, the big, big winner for me 
um, over half of my team's points, but um, I think that can be the same for most people this week. 40 points, not really much more you can ask for, is there? I mean, I don't want to spoil our buy, sell, hold conversation, but I already rage transferred out with Charleston. So, <laughs> right before it, do not do that. That's a very bad idea. Do not make transfers before the international break unless you are so pissed off and it feels good to do, which in my case counted. Yeah, that's fair enough. I do <laughs> hope it comes back to bite you in the ass because it will be funny, but I don't More, blame you. I'm more worried about his salad leaves, but if he does, I'm just going to take the minus four, go to Sun and just deal with it. Um, so my team, I ended up on 80 points. I said on the podcast last week, I was going to move. Was it? What was I saying last week? Uh, Salah. You think I listened to what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. So last week I was saying that I would move Salah to Sterling and someone Royale to Walker and I think Jao Pedro to Jackson. I made none of those changes. So I ended up moving Rashford to Sterling. Ended up being a bit of a meh move, but I saved the two million, which allowed me to make the change up front. And I talked myself out of going Jackson because I remembered that actually he was a really bad player. So I just thought a better player in a better team, I'm going to go with Julian Alvarez, which worked out really well. So... Strike partnership of Alvarez on 14 points, Haaland on 40 points as captain, Salah, Saka and Matoma, my scorers in midfield, everyone else on twos or ones, but it's put me on 80 points, which is a decent game week, some green arrows, and too early to speak about rank, admittedly, but within the top 1 million, up to 816,000, so I'm feeling all right about it, to be honest. Yeah, that's not too bad at all. Uh, I'll just do a quick update of the joint team as well. Um, so we did take a four-point hit, which left us on a total of 78 points for the week, uh, 82 points before the hit. Um, big scorers for us. Trent, uh, we do have in there with his 12 points. Um, Salah as well with eight. Haaland, obviously, captain. Uh, Jared Bowen as well sitting in there uh, in his good form at the start of the season. Uh, but we do also have Richardson in that team as well. So... God, he's really done us in every single way possible. You know what? It was a punt. It was a risk. At the start of the season, it made sense. He was going to be the main striker for a Spurs team that needed a striker. James Madison providing for him. The logic was sound. What we forgot... Was he's Richarlison. He's Richarlison, exactly. So, And you know what? He's going to go and score a hat-trick against Sheffield United. He's, Son's going to be moved back out to the wing and he'll Richarlison will be in that striker role. He'll go and score a hat-trick. It's going to be awful. <sighs> really, I really said, hope that happens. That being said, let's dive into the main content, which is the buy, sell, hold. And I think normally people go keepers, but keepers feel a bit boring this season. So why don't we go the other way around? We can start with strikers. So when you're talking about strikers, we can't be speaking about Haaland because he's owned by, I think, 87% of the game. If you don't have him, you've already lost FPL. Give up already. Don't bother. Um, but every other striker is on the table. So let's go through some of the most picked strikers. And I think the biggest buy at the moment is Julian Alvarez. Yeah, I think the there was at the start of the season, he was a tempter and I had him in a draft. 
And then I ended up moving away from him literally on the Friday before the opening game of the season. Frozen was starting, right? Yeah, so there was that panic. But the, the injury to Kevin De Bruyne has actually really helped him out. He's pretty much nailed in that 10 role now. He's getting up alongside Haaland quite often. So he has been a real beneficiary of that De Bruyne injury. And he's the second highest top scorer in striker behind Haaland. And the way they play, they're going to make chances. He's going to get on some of them. He's going to get assists. So he is, for the duration of De Bruyne's injury, he seems like an almost must-have at this point, the two City strikers. Yeah, and I brought him in and felt really, really justified for doing so. I was absolutely bricking myself before the game started, thinking Jackson could punish me. But yeah, Alvarez is a bit of a no-brainer. 6.6 million as well, or 6.7 he's gone up to now. So still really, really cheap for a guy that's got 28 FPL points in just four games. Only one blank. And only one blank in that as well. Averaging seven points a game. Really, really, really top striker. And while he's playing and getting regular minutes for City, it's a bit of a no-brainer. What are your thoughts on the man of the moment, Ferguson? The man of the moment who looks like he desperately wants to play for England and not Ireland. Um, <laughs> man of the moment. I love that though. Like, yeah, let's just withdraw with an injury because he's played two games for Ireland. So if he plays a third, he's locked in to playing for Ireland mm-hmm. uh, and he's withdrawn from the squad for injury. You love to see it. Mm. It's, you'd like to think that that hat trick means he's going to be first choice striker now. And you'd hope that that's the case. Because if that is the case, then at six million, he seems like an again a no-brainer to get in your side. But there's always the worry that they've got a bit of a rotation policy at Brighton, especially in that sort of front four. But you think now a hat trick like he dominated a Newcastle defence who have been underwhelming this season, admittedly. But oh, it just you've got to be looking at him now, haven't you? So, first thing on the rotation, Danny Welbeck's got a bit of a medium-term injury, so he doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. So, I think Ferguson is nailed. He is just about to buy for me. And I'll tell you what, the fixtures aren't the best. So, they've got Manchester United away, then Bournemouth at home, then Villa away, then Liverpool at home, then City away. After that, though... From game week 10, it's Fulham, it's Everton, Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest, Chelsea. And then you've got a tough game in Brentford. But that's five really, really good games all in a row for Ferguson from game week 10 to 14. So I think he is a buy, especially with Manchester United's defence being the way it is and Bournemouth being Bournemouth. But then there's three really tough games. I'm looking at using my wild card probably around game week nine. So for me, that's when I would be realistically looking at moving Ferguson in, not before then. Yeah, I think that probably makes sense. Those fixtures are just a little bit disappointing for them, aren't they? Mm. Um, And I say this as someone who's got fucking João Pedro as one of his strikers at the moment, and that seems like an easy move. But if you want to keep it, it just feels like you want to push that back a few weeks, wait until after that City fixture and then you can really sort of hope that they can hit the ground running again after that. 
and they, don't get me wrong, they haven't they haven't been disappointing. Like only the only game they haven't picked up three points was against the mighty West Ham, which no one would have predicted that. Yeah. And like well, you could like, argue that the Man U fixture is a decent decent fixture still. I, I do as well. Um, João Pedro talked to me against a Man U team that's going to be starting Evans and Maguire. João Pedro, what a pairing that is! Yeah, he's like um, going back in time. Wild. Um, but João Pedro yet to score from open play. However, he started against Newcastle and looks like a man who had got the message because he worked his socks off in that game. I think for me, Jao Pedro is a hold at the moment. You're not buying him, but I think if you've got him, he's a good hold. And I've just sold him for Alvarez. But if I hadn't have done that, I would have been looking to move and bammer on. He's a hold for probably the next two fixtures. Mm-hmm. Then if he hasn't performed at that point, he's out. I think that's a fairly easy decision to make. But at the same time, you've only got three striker slots. And it depends what you need to do with your team. For me, it seems like one that I would quite happily move on at this point because I think there's better options out there. I think that's the only problem for me. Yeah, fair enough. I can't give my opinion on this one because I love him too much. Darwin Nunez. Well, you you are the one that... I mean, I like him as well. Don't get me wrong. Two returns in his last, like in the last two games. No, four returns in his last. Two well, games. so like, yeah, but um, he's returned in his last two games mm. um, after being benched for the first two. So it feels like there's been a bit of a switch there from Klopp. The big worry is this Saudi transfer window and what happens with Mo Salah, and if he goes, how does that change the whole dynamic of the Liverpool side? If Mo Salah goes. Darwin's guaranteed more minutes. If Mo Salah stays, Darwin has a world-class player providing him in a team that he's starting for. I don't think it matters. I think Trent could easily move to that right wing spot and we could have Joe Gomez come and cover right back. I think if Salah goes, it's not as disastrous as everyone makes it out to be. I love Mo Salah. Like he's been he scored or assisted 36% of Jurgen Klopp's Premier League goals with Liverpool. It's absolutely wild. Um, That's a fantastic stat. Yeah, but I don't think that it necessarily affects Darwin so much. I think Darwin Nunez is, for me, a buy. Now, the question is, do you buy him for the next two fixtures, which are Wolves away and West Ham at home, or do you wait until game week nine? Because in between them, you've got Tottenham and Brighton both away in seven and eight. So it's a question of, do you hold and just hope he doesn't punish you against Wolves and West Ham? And then you buy in game week nine? Or do you just take the plunge now? I really don't like that you're including West Ham in the same bracket as Wolves there. You're right. Do you leave Wolves, take the plunge against West Ham? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Uh, I think, again, I think there's... Probably better options. That's my issue at the moment. I think he's a hold. I don't think you're in any risk, to, any rush to get rid of him. But obviously, the problem you've got is limited striker spaces and where that money's going. Because he is on the more expensive side of the strikers. Uh, obviously, Haaland's one, and then of the rest, he's sort of 
7.4 I mean 7.4 is not a lot in the context of I mean Darwin Nunez if he's starting every game will get more points on FPL this season than Spakaya Sakura 8.6 oh oh that's a shout if he's starting every game and that's a big if by the way because yeah that's the problem yeah but if Darwin Nunez nails down a place in that Liverpool side then he'll get more FPL points than Saka this season. I don't think 7.4 is a lot when you're getting a real quality, chaotic striker. And I say he is, he is chaos, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I, I think Darwin Nunez is a buy. Um, Ollie Watkins. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because he's only blanked in one game. But... He just doesn't feel like he's really doing anything. He hasn't scored, which is obviously what strikers are there to do. And at an 8 million striker, which is, again, on the more expensive side, you want goals. Mm-hmm. You're like I know three assists in four games is pretty impressive. but And Villa seem to be coming good. Um after their sort of well, not on the weekend, sorry, like they've had two good games like back to back, and then they've been sandwiched between two slightly poor performances. So mm. it just feels like they're a bit up and down. I think it's probably a sell at this point. Okay, interesting. I think Villa's fixtures actually look really good. They've got Palace at home, and then it's Chelsea away, then Brighton at home, but then it's Wolves, West Ham, Luton, Forest. I can see a world where you hold Ollie Watkins. I don't love it, but I, Chelsea and Crystal Palace both conceding goals. I'll tell you what, Nicholas Jackson, let's do that, and then I'll pose a question to you. Nicholas Jackson. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's... it's so, but, oh, I don't even away, know where to begin. Bournemouth away, Aston Villa at home, Fulham away, Burnley away. For the next four fixtures. It just looked like again, Garbage. and <laughs> it, and the, that the fixtures look so good, but his performance looks so bad, um, and it pains me to say it. But I thought when he got that first goal, when he got that first goal, it would be a way to kick on. But that miss at the weekend, oh! But it wasn't just that miss; it was just the general play. He is completely off the pace for the rest of the Chelsea team. Raheem Sterling and uh, Conor Gallagher are both playing really well, at, but they don't have anyone to link up their moves. Jackson is just, I said it after the first half in Luton, a terrible footballer. And maybe he'll come good, but he's what everyone thinks Darwin Nunez is. Here's a question for you. Who would you rather have in your fantasy team, Jackson or Havertz? <laughs> <laughs> See, let's let's stick with strikers. I want to ping that question back to you, but change it slightly. If you had both, who would you sell, Ollie Watkins or Nicholas Jackson, right now? Oh, that is a tough one. And I would rather uh... <laughs> to answer your question. I th- I'd rather have Jackson uh, out of Jackson and Havertz. Mm. Um, no doubt about that. You know my feelings towards Kai Havertz. <laughs> um, I think I would probably keep 
Jackson? Just? I don't think I would. I think Jackson. I think Jackson's minutes are under threat now. Um, Amanda uh, Breuer is still there, who can play the striker role and can actually link up play and score goals. I don't think Jackson is a guaranteed 90 minutes. I think Ollie Watkins is as guaranteed as you could find in strikers, even though that's not very high. So, yeah, for me, Jackson's a sell. He looks so bad. I, I just... Or maybe a whole... But he just he needs time away from the Premier League where his manager can work with him and build his confidence up on the training pitch. And maybe he'll come good, but he looks terrible in the first lot of games. Yeah, like I say, that goal I thought would sort of be the kick up the arse he needed and sort of get him going and up and running a bit, but it hasn't happened so far. And it was Luton and they look bad. Yeah, completely. Um, so let's then... Are there any other forwards you want to discuss or should we move on? Oh, let's talk I'm about... I'm Solanke. <laughs> better, better. Divock Origi is back in the Premier League, guys. Let's break a spot. Playing for Nottingham Forest, the mighty mighty Knots, who just kept a clean sheet against Chelsea at the bridge. Come on! Yeah, but Tyler Awanui is not going to break the record for most consecutive Premier League goal games in which he scored. Um, so that's disappointing. Can I also just say, 4.5 million, Cameron Archer has just moved to Sheffield United. He's going to be starting. He'll get the occasional goal. That's the perfect striker spot as the third striker. Scored at the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Got a goal at the weekend. No one was starting. Lovely finish. No one was starting him, let's be honest. But as a 4.5 million striker, that's exactly what you want. Yeah, definitely. That is... Depending on what you're doing when you're wildcarding and how you want to line, that is the Mubama switch, isn't it? It's Mubama to Archer. 100%. Um, anything for Edouard? I love him, but that's not really much more I can say about that. I don't feel confident enough in Palace to get any of them in. Not as much right. as I like as much as much I like Edouard and I like Eze and I like... Uh, Mateta as well, not that he starts I just think that I, I think they're exciting players but you can't get any of them in I completely agree um, Palace, you're not really going there till like game week 11 or so when they have Burnley, Everton, Luton in a row so until then I'm on the probably sell well no, you'd hold I think let's move to midfielders and should we start with Richarlison should we just get that out of the way sell so, next, next. <laughs> uh, by James Madison, like he looks awesome. He's been returning every single game. I, I think even when he goes up to eight million, which he will, I still think he's great value, and you've got money to do it this season. Yeah, I, I think James Madison's a bit of a no-brainer as a buyer. Yeah, definitely. Just he is what we wanted Richarlison to be: mm. uh, consistent returns, playing in an exciting side, and. The problem that Richardson's got now, which Madison definitely doesn't have, is being dropped. And Madison is a banker to start every game and probably play a good amount of minutes in every game. And he's making things happen. He's a creator. He's dangerous with set pieces. And he's getting... Something we didn't really see much from him at Leicester is making those late runs into the box and getting on the end of balls as well. So, yeah, he definitely seems like an absolute no-brainer right now. Yeah, for sure. 
What about Hyung Min Son? And this is the, the counterpoint to the Richardson thing, isn't it? If Richardson's getting dropped, then it makes sense that Son plays in that more central role, which he did. It looked like he did quite a bit of the weekend and obviously bagged a hat-trick. Um, he is more expensive. He's 9.1 now after a price rise. So dependent, again, on the balance of your side, he is very much one that is worth keeping an eye on. Um, maybe... It feels a bit stupid to say you've got to sort of let the Sheffield United game go because that seems like the, the great time to get him in. But with Arsenal and Liverpool after that, it may be worth waiting until after those two games uh, when they then have Luton and Fulham as their next two after that. Yeah, I think that's... It's, it's a struggle, isn't it? But I think... I, I guess I'm a little worried. We saw last season Tottenham started really well. They... I think they beat Man City, didn't they? Early in the season, 1-0, one, 2-0. One nil, nil. Emerson Royale was one nil, yeah. And then they went all spares on us. We're only four games in. If you also remember last season, Son did a thing where he came on, got a hat-trick against Danny Wars, and everyone, including me, was shouting about him being great and Son is back, blah, blah, blah. And what happens after that? Yeah, he uh, reverted to type for the season. So... So yeah, you I, don't want to you don't want to jump the shark. So that's why I think give it a few games. I completely agree. I think with Son, if you've got him, you're obviously holding. He's definitely yeah. not a sell. But I think if you don't have him, I don't think he's a buy until you're looking at that game week eight point. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Um, I'm gonna bring things back around to my guy, Jared Bowen. What's your opinions on him? I love him. He's the second highest scoring midfielder in the league. 7.1 million, 30 points so far. The challenge with Jared Bowen is that he's kind of destroyed by the fixtures they've got coming up. So if you look at the next load of fixtures, they have a nice easy game next of Man City, a nice easy game after that of Liverpool. That's, that's, that's basically a title decider, isn't it, the next one? I mean, maybe next <laughs> you never know. And then they've got Sheffield United at home, but then it's Newcastle at home. And then uh, it's around that game week nine point, the fixtures start turning for them. The caveat being that last season, West Ham were very knackered very quickly when they had European football. So, providing they're still firing all cylinders, Garrett, Jared Bone will be in my wildcard side, but he's, he's a sell at the moment for me. I, I don't like it, but those fixtures and the European football coming in means that he's just not on my radar at all. Yeah, that's the big question, isn't it? How are we going to cope when those Europa League fixtures start in a few weeks' time? Um, thankfully, we've got quite a nice group, which hopefully means that we can get some good results early doors. Um, and I feel like we've got better strength in depth in our squad at the moment. Um, obviously, losing Rice was a, was a big, big loss, but... We're almost playing better without him. Um, obviously, it's very early days, um, but the money has been reinvested wisely. Alvarez has come in and done a great job. Will Prowse has come in and hit the ground running, and Mohamed Kudus has, has come in as well. Um, still yet to see what he can do. So I think overall, we're looking at a good, well-rounded side, but those Thursday-Sunday fixtures do make it a lot harder to, to back anyone. Yeah, I agree. Give me your thoughts. Buy, sell, hold on Liverpool midfielders, assuming Salah stays. So, Salah, Luis Diaz, Sabozlai and Jota. Uh, I think it's 
regardless, I think they're it's just all hold at the moment. Um, I the only one you could potentially make an argument for buying would be Salah if you haven't already got him and you you can make it work with the funds and things like that. Um, but I think the rest are just holds because oh, like you've got decent fixtures coming up, um, but it still remains to be seen exactly with Jota, especially the Jota Darwin rotation. You've got that to worry about. Um, Sabas I just think I don't think he's necessarily a sell, but he's probably the least exciting out of all of them, despite his goal at the weekend. Yeah, I agree. And he looks like a really, really top-class player. We got an absolute bargain there for 60 million. Him and McAllister look really, really good. That being said, I don't think he's necessarily an FPL option, despite the goal. Love, love, love the idea of Mo Salah as a differential. And I think lots of people are going to be selling him for Son. So if he stays, then that could be, considering the fixtures coming up, that could be really, really exciting to have Mo Salah for the next few games. Yeah, definitely. He It's weird to say these days, isn't it, that Salah's a differential, um, how times have changed. What I'm basically saying is I was ahead of my time last year by not having Salah in my team. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but Salah still returns in literally every single game week so far. So as much as you can say, oh, I'm Mr. No Salah, he's got five, 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 eight. Now, not good enough, considering what we've seen from him, but still brilliantly consistent. And if you remember a few seasons ago when he basically passed, I think, 300 points or something like that, or yeah. 280, he returns in like the first 22 game weeks in a row. And it was that consistency that got him there, not necessarily the big calls. Yeah, I think the the only saving grace was that missed penalty. Um, so it could have been even better. Yeah, completely. So if you look at it, I think Salah is a buy. I think Luis Diaz is a hold. The others I would put as an immediate sell. Yeah, that seems fair enough. Um, what are your take on the Brighton midfielders? So you've got March, you've got Matoma. They're probably the main two, I guess, at the moment. Um, where do you sit on those? So I've got Matoma, who actually was really, really involved. Sonny March, a lot less so. But it always seems to be the way that Matoma's a lot more involved, but March normally picks up the FPL points. I mean, this season, March is already on six points more than Matoma. And March is selected by 10% of teams, Matoma by 40% of the teams. So if you wanted to be a bit differential, you'd go for March. That being said, the fixtures aren't great, but given how they tore Newcastle to shreds, the next three are Manu away, you fancy Brighton, Bournemouth at home, you'd fancy Brighton, and Villa away, again, you'd fancy Brighton before it's City and Liverpool. So for me, I think Brighton are a hold. Matoma and March are a hold. I wouldn't be buying them, but I certainly wouldn't be selling them, especially ahead of the next three. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, I think I don't have either of them. I think, yeah, if you've got them, you're holding them. I said it, and uh, I said it last season, I was wrong, but I think Solly March has got his points for the season. He's absolutely going to score a few now. Now you said that, you might as well transfer him in. <laughs> there's your Charleston replacement, done. Um, 
I'm just trying to name at you that I raised transferred Richarlison out and I transferred in Moussa Diaby from Aston Villa, who, don't get me wrong, all of Villa looks bad against Liverpool, but he was their most impressive player. And the game before that against Burnley, he got a goal and an assist, 12 points. Against Newcastle, he was the one that scored their goal. Lovely think, goal as well, that was. Yeah, I think he looks like a really top player. And I think, given they've got a decent run of fixtures coming up, he's the one, rather than Watkins, that's going to get the FPL points and the goals, I think. So I'm taking a bit of a risk. I'm going DRB over and Bamo, which I'm already kind of regretting. <laughs> but... I think Diaby could be a really, really good pick as we move into the season. I like him. I think, uh, if I remember rightly, I mentioned him in in our pre-season Villa preview pod. Um, I, I, I say that it wasn't a Villa preview pod, but you know what I mean. Um, so I think he was one that I had an eye on from the start. And I've definitely still got an eye on him. And like you say, those next bunch of fixtures are very tempting um he's definitely one that could be on the radar to go in for Richardson but obviously Madison just seems so much more of an obvious pick um that it'd be hard for me to veer away from that but yeah he's definitely a hold potentially even edging towards a buy but I'd want to see one or two more fixtures before I really went for him um Crystal Palace next, then Chelsea. So just maybe after those and then Brighton. So it's it doesn't get easy in those, like as you go through their next few fixtures. Um, speaking of Chelsea, uh, your man that you mentioned earlier, Raheem the Dream. Is he a problem or is Jackson the problem? <laughs> I mean, he would have walked away with at least an assist and probably a goal or two if Jackson wasn't such a rubbish player. So is it, uh, did we get over heights and is it the Eze argument of you can be uh, playing really well and looking brilliant, but if he's surrounded by drafts, he's not getting points. So for me, Sterling's a hold. He's still got good fixtures ahead, but he's certainly not so buy that he was last week. I think I'm inclined to agree with you on that. But like you say, those fixtures are very tempting. It's just really hard to get too excited in about him with the lack of quality around him in those sort of attacking areas at the moment. He's the only one that really looks like he's causing defences any problems. Yeah. And it's very, very frustrating. But for me, he's a hold. He's not a sell. I want to also ask you about, and you said you haven't got him in and you're already worried about him. Brian and Bamo, talk to me. Because how good was that goal at the weekend, by the way? He is so, so, so good. And I, I it was a rage transfer. If I was doing it logically and looking back, I would have gone Mbemo. I, I may even go minus four and go Matoma to Mbemo because I just need to get him in. It's stupid that I don't have him in. And um, The next two fixtures still look good for Brentford. And once you've got Mbemo, you can just forget about it for the season. I don't know why I'm fighting him. So then <laughs> I could very well end up taking a minus four, dropping Matoma and getting Mbemo in. Yeah, I think you can probably argue that it might be worth holding a week for that yeah. Newcastle fixture to pass. But then it's Everton and Forest, United, yeah. Burnley. So actually, that's probably what I'll end up doing. It's, it'll be my free transfer the week after. Yeah, I think that's probably worth. Because um, with those next two fixtures, 
um, and Baymo has Newcastle and Mitoma has Man United, I'd say they're comparable. So it's unlikely that Mbemo outscores him by four points in that fixture. Yeah, speaking of comparable, I mean, Newcastle got torn to shreds. And while Newcastle have good fixtures coming up, as we've spoken about from game week six, their fixtures really turn. But the Champions League starts. And have you seen their group? So <laughs> who's going to be playing in the Premier League and who's going to be playing in the Champions League? Alexander Isak doesn't have the legs for both competitions. They can't rest players in the Champions League groups because they're going to... They're going out at the group stage. They're going to want to make an impact while going out. I, I don't think you touch anyone from Newcastle across the team at the moment, except maybe Nick Pope. Yeah, potentially. I just think that that is the definition of group of death, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Newcastle, AC Milan, Borussia Dortmund and PSG. Welcome back to the big time, boys. Um, but yeah, it's... You'd imagine there's going to be a bit of a mix-up between Isaac and Wilson. They're going to be sharing a lot of minutes. Um, so it's hard to really bank on one of them. And Isaac hasn't done anything since that first game when he bagged a couple. Um, so, yeah, it's hard, really. I, I don't think there's anyone. I know you were talking about Trippier a little um, a little while that. ago, and that's obviously well off the table now. Yeah. It is quite fun to see them sitting in 14th in the table, though. Well, the next game as well is Brentford at home. That's not an easy game. Yeah, they've got to look past that Brentford game, which will be tricky. But you'd like to think at home, they've got enough. They should. That's a game that they've got to be winning if they want to be pushing on to the next level. Uh, and you could probably say the same about their next six games. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think. The whole team from Newcastle is just a hard avoid at the moment for me, even though the fixtures do turn and do look very good. Yeah. Um, we were on midfielders and we haven't touched. Last year, our favourite team in FPL. This year, not so much. Arsenal midfielders. Saka's a must-have. Everyone's got him. Everyone will keep him. He's a hold or he's a buy. Martinelli and Odegaard are worse options than Havertz. Discuss. They'll just know. <clears throat> so that's all that needs to be said about that. Um, even Declan Rice is a better option than Kaya Havertz. Oh, that, that miss where he just completely missed the ball. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy our group chat's reaction, including our Arsenal friend who was sitting <laughs> He's just like... He's a bad you, you, you can say anything you want about Chelsea's transfer dealings, but getting £65 million for Kai Havertz is 70, absolute... 70 for Mounts is even better because he's worse. It's a mar he's not worse. No one's worse. He um, he's just It's just not possible. <laughs> but yeah, getting that much money for those two is um, business masterstroke. Yeah. Um, agreed. But maybe let's not talk about Chelsea's midfield for just fear of laughing for the entire rest of the pod. Um, Martinelli and Odegaard, what are your thoughts? A hold, but I'd even actually Martinelli sell. Um, Odegaard probably hold. Um, I think he had a good game against United, got a good goal. Um, so I think he's, he's a hold, but yeah, Martinelli's probably a sell. He's done nothing so far this season, really. You're just sort of clinging on to past glory a, a little bit if, you, if you're that desperate to hold on to him. Um, back to when like you could triple up on Arsenal midfielders last year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And they don't actually have a very good fixture run until like halfway through the season now. So I think if you're clinging on to any Arsenal assets aside from Saka, then it's time to start really re-examining that. Um, yeah. What about uh, what about City midfielders? Speaking of uh, top of the table midfielders, well, everyone was rushing in for Phil Foden, understandably so. That being said, I'm not convinced he's starting every single game. I think Alvarez and Haaland are going to be starting. They've just got the new signing, uh, Doku. He started the game. It looks rubbish in the game, but he at least started for them. Grealish has injuries, so he'll be back in. You've got to think Fosen's probably the one that's going to make way. It's hard to know, isn't it? And again, like Champions League football starting up soon. Um, City, once again, get the easiest group known to man. Um, so that's obviously something just to have to navigate, which always makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, but yeah, I think Foden's a hold. I don't think you're definitely not rushing to sell him. He has still had a decent amount of points, 21 in four games, although he's got one fewer points than James Ward-Prowse, who's played one fewer games. But I won't talk about that, even though I just did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's the only sitting midfielder you're looking at. And actually, as much as we talked about Walker last week, I have U-turns and I've decided that this is the season I don't own any City defenders all season. They do still have the lowest XG conceded in the league. Doesn't matter. That being said, they've only they kept... still conceded an 80-plus minute goal every single game they play. That's just how City work. And that's why Edison is the worst keeper to own, because you just feel like it should be a clean sheet every week, but it never is. Yeah, absolutely. If you're looking at a premium keeper, I would rather, and you're going to laugh at this, I would rather go with Alisson over Edison right now. Because I would as well. I'm not going to laugh at that one. And the reasoning is, Alisson, you're not going to have three Liverpool players at the moment. Um, well, maybe, I doubt you're going to have three Liverpool players at the moment, uh, just based on affordability. You could have three City players elsewhere. If you really want a City defender and you're looking at Alvarez and Haaland or Alvarez, Haaland and Foden, so I think you need to keep that third City spot free. I think the third Liverpool spot you can give away, especially if you're not owning Salah. Yeah, I think you probably... that The logic is there, it's sound. Um, I can't really argue with it as much as I'd like to. Yeah, I, I also think maybe Nick Pope over either, but I'm not sure 5.5 is worth a goalkeeper who forgot to clean, clean sheets like halfway through last season. Yeah, that's the issue, isn't it? So I think goalkeepers we can discuss in a bit. Let's talk to defenders. Trippier avoids. No one's buying him because he's they're rubbish. No one's selling him because no one was stupid enough to start with Trippier. I, I think he's the biggest sell we can find, though, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe. But when you look at their next few fixtures, do you want to sell before Sheffield United and Burnley? That's it's the question for more me. More of a an asset than Botman or Burn. No, but is he worth selling because of that? Yes, because it frees up two million. <laughs> yeah, 
True. I'll take your point. Um, Botman and Byrne, I think, are going to be honest with you. I for- I've forgotten he was that expensive because I haven't even considered him. <laughs> yeah, he's 6.5 million or whatever it is, whereas Botman and Byrne are 4.5. So I think Botman and Byrne are buyers just about um, trippy as a sell. What do you think about Trent Alexander Arnold? I don't know. And I knew this was coming and it's really hard because one return in four games, which was a good return of 12 points. But other than that, one, two and one. And that's not worth eight million as a defender. He was really good against Aston Villa. So I think, I mean, the, the, the issue is now the fixtures you've got, he's a hold if you've got him. Um, but I don't think he's a buyer yet. One game is not making a buyer for me. Agreed. But he was really good against Aston Villa. Yeah, but you were in the early kickoff in your next game. so. Oh, yeah, I'm not getting him for the next game. <laughs> you were in the early kickoff as an absolute hard avoid. <laughs> Even though it's Wolves, I'm still like... <laughs> Even though it's Wolves, you're still not going there. That being said, after that, I think from game week nine, when I'm, or I'm probably going to wildcard an eight or nine, maybe eight actually, because Spurs have looted them. Um, but around then, I will be seriously looking at bringing Trent in and really hope that I'm justified in doing so. Because I, he wasn't really going into midfield. The way he was playing against Aston Villa was not that I know, because I didn't watch the game, so you couldn't watch it legally in the UK. Of course, I didn't watch the game. But what he was doing as I watched the game throughout the 90 minutes, was moving less into that central midfield role, more into like a marauding centre-back role. So when we were on the ball, he'd basically fill in for the centre-back, but then push forward with it. And he was able to cover a lot more of the defensive stuff, but also the balls he was putting over the top to Salah were absolutely awesome. And Diaz as well, time and time and time again. And it just became poor Luca Dina had an absolute meltdown halfway through the game just because he was dealing with Trent's over-the-top balls and Salah running in behind. I do think there's a lot of FPL returns in Trent's, and I maintain that he is going to get over 200 points this season. That's a bold shout, given the start. It's only four games in. How much has he done so far? 15. 15. Yeah. 16. But you've also got to think, the big teams, after the first international break, start shoring up their defences. So the best teams are the ones most likely to get clean sheets. So you're looking at Arsenal, City, Brighton, Liverpool. I want to say Chelsea, but I'm not going to say Chelsea. (laughs) But you get the idea. The top teams start shoring up their defences every season after the first international break. So I think there's a lot of points there for Trent that are left on the table at the moment. You are the definition of an optimistic fan, aren't you? More like a Trent fanboy, but you said <laughs> yeah, that yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just feel like, yeah. I get I get the hype, but I he's, he's just a hold for me at the moment. I, I agree yeah. with you when that wild card window comes around. He's one that's definitely worth considering, but until then, I just don't think he can be a buy. <sighs> I. If you don't have Salah, he's a buy, I'm saying. 
I have Salah, so I don't have the budget. But if you don't have Salah, you can swap Salah for Bruno Fernandes and Bulldog for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, but why would you want Bruno? Two games ago, he was awesome. Like, yeah, but it's Man United. That's true. You don't want to get. Oh, I don't know. Like, well, we'll see. I want to wait a few more games, but then you strike a Hoyland. I think seven million looks like it could be a bargain. He could be a handful. Yeah, he's definitely in that little cameo he had. Mm. Looked like he can give defensive some defensive some problems. Anyway, pinch of salt. Pinch of salt. Mudrick looked really good in the cameo he had against Liverpool. Yeah, true. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything, does it? Um, Matty Cash, my favourite player this so far this season because he's the fourth highest scoring defender but has two games where he's got minus one. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and you captain him 100% of the time knowing that 50% of the time you're going to get hurt. Um I, I'm not joking when I say Matty Cash is a buy, which is weird when I when they just lost three 0 to Liverpool. But he was playing left wing. He almost scored. It was a, pulled out a good save from Allison. The game before that, he got 17 points. For me, he's a he's top of my wish list for defenders right now, ahead of Trent Alexander Arnold for me. Um, there's a very 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 strong chance I'm going to be bringing him in. The next. From game week eight, his fixtures are glorious. So the next game against Crystal Palace looked good. Then he's away at Chelsea, home at Brighton. But then game week eight, it's Wolves, West Ham, Luton, Forest, and then Fulham. So I think Matty Cash for me is a buy. Yeah, I agree. And especially at that price as well. Currently sat at 4.6. Mm. That is very cheap for a defender who's already on 21 points for the season. Absolutely. Um Spurs defenders, Udogi and Romero. And their new one, uh, Van der Ven. Uh, the own goal merchant, own yeah. Um, Already on 15. I think... Points. I think... Oh, Rom- Romero is a hold, not a buy for me, mm-hmm. just because I find it hard to get excited about centre-halves. Um, and... He's been stat padded a bit by a couple of goals. Uh, Doggy, I think, is the one that you want to be buying. I just do have a feeling about Van der Ven, you know. I, I just feel like he's got some headed goals in him. He looks really good. He's organising that defence. I think he's got bonus points in him when they keep clean sheets. Uh, I, I, you know, you just sometimes have that gut feeling. And I think Van der Ven... <laughs> I feel like this is one of those feelings that you're going to just get haunted by. No, what's going to happen is I'm not going to get him and he's going to score two. In the week, before FPL kicked off, I texted you saying, I'm thinking about getting Son. And you were like, you're fucking crazy, don't do it. Then Son goes and scores a hat-trick. Sometimes gut feelings are worth listening to if they're about Tottenham Hotspur players. I stand by my comments. (laughs) What's your thoughts on a stupinium? And Chilwell, give them both to me. They've both got to be holds. Um, just because I don't feel like you can get rid of a Stupinion just because of his ownership and it's too risky and it can come back to bite you in the arse because there's a lot of points to be lost there. They they almost like they weren't far off keeping a clean sheet at the weekend. It was just a, a late sort of bit of scrappy and poor defending that let them down. So that would have been another return. So it would have been a return in three out of four games for him. 
So that is that is definitely hold. Chilwell again. I think you've got a hold. He, I, I don't think he's a buy anymore, which I would have said he would have been two weeks ago. But they're fixtures you can't really turn your nose up at them. Mm, agreed. It's very, very frustrating though because he was terrible. Hauled off early as well on the weekends as the captain. Second game in a row. It's really not a good look, is it? Um, no, not at I all. I think because of fixtures, he's a hold. And Estupinion, he's just a season-long hold. Um, yeah. I don't think... Matty Cash aside, I don't think any defenders, or maybe Udoki as well, and one Spurs defender, they're the only buyers in defence for me. I don't think any goalkeepers are at buy. What about Pedro Porro? Pedro Porro is a bit of a buy. I could, I fancy myself a bit of Pedro Porro. Three returns in three games, six, six, and four. It's not bad, is it? What? If you're looking at their defence, then he's definitely one to keep an eye on because he is uh, cheap as well. At five. Oh, no, he's actually oh, more no. expensive, sorry, than the others. So, um, but yeah, you probably. Do, I just don't think he's got that place 100% nailed down though, because there was some way I was really good. Why don't you go buy Sergio Reguilón? I'm not going to buy Reguilón, but I'm going to look at someone better, Serge Aurier. <laughs> the legend. The man, the myth, the legend. Did you buy him? You said you were considering it. No, I didn't. Um, you didn't see but... the clean sheet against Chelsea away coming? Funnily enough, no. <laughs> um, considering Nottingham Forest's absolutely imperious away form last season, I didn't see that coming. The last position we've got to speak about is goalkeepers. They're all a sell. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jordan Pickford's a buy. Hey, Jordan Pickford is the biggest sellout of all the sales. Oh, Pickford's an Onana. Onana's more expensive, actually, so he's the worst keeper to own. And especially as first, he's a terrible goalkeeper that makes clangers in every game. I told you they were downgrading to here. Second is that he's now got Maguire and Evans as a centre back pairing in front of him. The next game is Brighton. It's going to be a shit show. Third. He's five million and he shouts at his teammates while continuing to F up over and over and over and over and over again. But. <laughs> but other than that. I still prefer him to Pickford. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Pickford is the ultimate sell. I think I've got Johnston and Turner at the moment. There's a good chance Johnston could lose his place to Dean Henderson. I think he probably does. So in that case, he's an obvious sell. So well, that's a transfer I need to make at some point. But I don't mind starting Turner for most games. Even the, like the next game, for example, Nottingham Forest have Burnley at home, whereas Crystal Palace of Aston Villa are away. I'm starting Turner over Johnston regardless. But yeah. Yeah, I just think all no one's really keeping clean sheets. Game week six, Nottingham Forest play against Manchester City away. You need to make sure you have a backup for Turner then because you do not want to be starting Turner in that game. Do it. Loads of save points, maybe. Maybe. I do think that's when you can look at getting Ariola though, but then they've got Liverpool away, so maybe not. I'm just trying to see 
who who has Man City right beforehand, so won't play Man City for a while. But the game after Man City for so many of these teams is Liverpool. So it's a weird, it's a weird the way that seems to be working out. Like teams mm-hmm. tend to have like a couple of tricky fixtures back to back. Brighton in a few weeks have Liverpool and City. West Ham's next two games are City and Liverpool. Um, then who else was it I was looking at earlier? Um, um, Arsenal have got Spurs and City two out of three. Uh, it just yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it, it seems to be grouping the fixtures in bunches as well. Like, you've always got Luton and Fulham seems to be close to each other for a lot of these as well. So it's interesting how it's worked out. I'm looking forward to West Ham having a nice run. When do you have a nice run? Because you, you really don't... It really doesn't look good on this first half of the season for you, does it? Um, uh, Which is why it's a good job we've got some points on the board yeah, already. <laughs> it was very much needed, wasn't it? Yikes, I'm looking all the way through the fixture ticker. I don't think you ever have a good run of four games. I feel like this is always the way with West Ham. That's we fine. never get a good run anywhere. Um, well, the whole season, you don't have four good games in a row. You have three at several points. So game with 32 to 34. You've got three green fixtures. I'll circle that one on my calendar. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, like it took us 10 weeks to get 10 points in the league last season. So to have that already is not bad. No, it's not. I guess game week 11, West Ham have Brentford away, Forest at home, Burnley away, Palace at home before Tottenham away. But then they've got Fulham away and Wolves at home. So that's a decent... That's a fairly decent run, yeah. yeah. So that's when you want to be owning uh, Jared Bowen. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Fantastic. In terms of goalkeepers, then, I would say Alisson is a buy if you want a premium keeper, but that's about it. I just think you're not changing your keepers unless you absolutely have to, are you? Let's be honest, all your wildcarding, so... Yeah, I completely agree. <sighs> well... I wonder if David Raya gets a run in Arsenal's goal at any point soon. I mean, he's got to, surely. You imagine so at some point. Otherwise, it seems a weird signing for him anyway. Yeah, very much so. But with, surely with Ramsdale making mistakes, then he's got to be on the cards. Time will tell. Watch this space, as we've always said. <laughs> Wait and see. Um, awesome. Well, look, that is what we've got time for today. It is international break. Um, hold your transfers. Don't raise transfer like I did. <laughs> I'm probably, Please do. I'm probably going to have to take a minus four at some point to bring in a Bamo. Probably next week, so I've got to swap the keepers out as well. Um, but whatever. Um, have fun. Relax. It felt good at the time. <laughs> we'll be back with a game week five preview. Um, if you need any other interaction with us, because an hour isn't enough, you can find us on Twitter at Big at the Back. Yeah, I'm at Higgins92. Tom is at Tom Madden92. Um, if you would do us all a favour and if you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe and all that goodness and uh, leave us a rating on Spotify as well or however you get your podcasts, that would also be much appreciated. Uh, I did have a think about next week, obviously a game week five preview. Maybe we'll do a wild card squad each as well as what we would do if we were wild carding because I feel like international break time, quite a lot of people like to wild card. So we'll see what we would do if we were in that boat. Yeah be very interesting to find out right everyone have a good rest of the week and speak to you all next week bye